Hi, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. This is the place where you get to hear extraordinary stories of ordinary people and how God has nudged them to either do something or not do something in their life and what happened because of it. My name is Corey Freeman, and I just wanted to get these stories out there. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. Today, I am talking about all things Super Bowl and Brock Purdy. He is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. And for those of you who don't know, I am a 49er fan. Um, have been. My dad used to watch Joe Montana and Steve Young and all of them and Jerry Rice. And that those were great years. And now Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the 49ers and they're going to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I got my husband to finally watch football with me after 26 years of marriage or so. And he wanted to follow a team that was meant something to him. And so his family was from Minnesota. So it was the Minnesota Vikings. So I like them too, but you know, the 49ers are just, they've got such a special team this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, just the humbleness of Brock Purdy and his skill that God gave him. And he, at every turn is, he's not shoving it down anybody's throat, but he's being very honest in his answers that God is giving him the skills and the peace and that all things are coming from God. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take three clips from interviews he's done. And I was going to just give a little bit more insight into the things that he has been saying. So I'll play the first clip and you'll just, I don't know how we're going to do this yet. As far as like with tech, that's up to Nate. Thank you, Nate. But we're going to play the first clip right now. Like, honestly, I think it's just a testament to God and where he's taking me in life. Um, I've never been the biggest, the fastest, the strongest or any of that. Um, I feel like I've always sort of had to fight for what I get and uh, work for what I get. Um, but God's always given me an opportunity, whether that was in high school, college, and then obviously in the NFL. Getting drafted last, people, you know, overlook you and all that kind of stuff. And then all you need is an opportunity and when watch and see what he does. You know, I put my faith and trust in him and he's gotten me where I'm at. So um, when I'm down 17 at half, honestly, I'm just like thinking, like, all right, God, you, you're taking me here and um, win or lose, I'm going to glorify you. And and uh, that's my peace. That's the joy. That's the, the steadfastness. That's where I get it from. And that's the honest truth. Okay. So in this first clip, he's talking about it's just a testament to God about how God can do great things. He just, you know, Brock just came off surgery. People didn't think he was going to um, do very well. And for those of you who don't know, and the Super Bowl might have happened, it's happening the same day. This episode will probably come out like nine hours before the Super Bowl. But if you don't know football, there's when they, they have a thing called the draft, and the draft is where teams pick players. And they pick so many, and then they kind of all have, they take turns. The last one picked, they have a nickname for, and they call him Mr. Irrelevant. So Brock Purdy, the year that he was up for the draft, he came in dead last. And as you know, in the Bible, it says, if you're last, you shall be first, right? So here he is, Mr. Irrelevant. He's not supposed to be doing anything that he's doing. 
And now he's taking his team to the Super Bowl. So in this clip, he just said, you know, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the fastest. I'm just taking the opportunities God gave me. And I just wanted to sort of give you a couple little more insights biblically. First Corinthians 127, it says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So I love that because he, God will use it all. And like I said, he's not shoving it down anybody's throat, but he is saying things like God has given him this ability and he is thanking God for the opportunity. And he's, you know, they're trying to, I've heard so many things about they're putting down the way he dresses, the way he looks. He's not the typical cool media sensation in their eyes. And they've just, you know, they've done things like that. And then they're saying things that, oh, they think they're so good. And and he's very humble, but I just wanted to sort of rattle off a list of people God used in the Bible that were looked at as not being able to be used by God and God used him in a mighty way. So Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job. Okay. This little list right here says he went bankrupt. Well, yeah, he went bankrupt, but he lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost everything. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. And not all, I mean, if you don't know the story of David, he sent the, the woman he loved husband to the front line so he could get killed and purposely so he could have her. Jonah ran from God. Uh, he, you know, God's telling him to go one way. He says, Nope, I'm not going to Nineveh. There's no way. Cause it was such an evil city. He was afraid. So he ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacharias was small and money hungry. <laughs> the disciples fell asleep while praying more than once because Jesus said, pray for me, pray for us, pray for this. And they fell asleep. And then he'd come back and they'd go, you've fallen asleep. Don't fall asleep. Please pray. And then they fell asleep again. And Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before becoming one. So all those are examples of how God uses people that people might not expect. So the second clip is about something else. So now we'll play the second clip. I didn't want to grip onto this life of, oh my gosh, I'm in the NFL. I have a starting quarterback role. I'm, you know, I, I can't lose it. That was, it was flipped. I was reminded, you know, um, of what Jesus had told us. Um, thousands of years ago in terms of don't try to hold on to your life you're going to lose it you know and the world wants you to go this way or that way and uh the, the minute you have fame and if you're trying to chase status and money and all this kind of stuff it's you'll lose your life um rather than you know denying yourself picking up your cross keeping my eyes on jesus and his promises and um through that like that's that's life and that's um a life worth living Okay. In this clip, he was talking about, you know, don't grip onto this life or you'll lose it. 
and keep your eyes on Jesus. And it's coming from Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So that is where he's talking about the, that. So if you want to look it up, that's it. But it's basically how he's telling people, keep your eyes on Jesus. It's so easy get, to get caught up in this life. And especially when you're in the middle of a media storm and the Super Bowl's bigger than anything, and it's just bigger than life. And it's very easy to get pulled into interviews and conversations and everything. And just to, you know, your head can get pretty big. And he says, he just keeps his eyes on Jesus, which is the way we're taught to live our life. So the third, the third one I'll play right now is the last little clip of Brock Purdy I have, but I wanted you to hear this one. Tell me about scripture this year, some of the Bible verses that you've been reading and passages that's maybe helped you this year. Yeah, this year for me, it's been Psalm 23. Um, Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Then it goes on. But um, for me, you know, playing this game, playing this sport, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, you can, it's easy to get wrapped up in, you know, wanting and feeling like wanting to be loved, you know, obviously by your teammates and everybody, but like the world. And so um, for me, like in that in that passage, it's talking about, you know, I already have what I need from from the Good Shepherd and, and Jesus. So um, I don't know. I just been studying Psalm 23 uh, throughout the whole whole season and been going back to it. It's what I start off with actually every single day. I just read off Psalm 23 to myself before I start start off with some solitude and, and then I go about my day. I talked to your dad a couple days ago. He said he prays his guts out when he watches you play. Yeah. Do you pray when you're playing during a game? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, and it's not, can we, you know, God, can we win here? Can, can we right. do something great here? It's it's more just to have that, that peace, that steadfastness and, and all the chaos. That's really what it is. It's sinking back into like Holy Spirit, you know, take over and, and lead me here in this moment and allow me to think clearly. Okay, so he references Psalm 23, and I'm going to read it first, and then I wanted to say a couple more things, but it's from Psalm 23 in the Bible. If you have a Bible, just crack it in the middle and usually hit Psalms, and Psalm is another word for song, and David was a prolific writer of Psalms, so he wrote a lot of the Psalms in the Bible, and yes, this is the same David that sent his the woman he loves husband to the front line to get killed. Yes. It is also the same David that God says he's, he's a man after my heart. So Psalm of David. So it's the 23rd Psalms, third 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Um, I think this is the NASB uh, version. So when Brock is saying it's easy to be wanting to be loved by the world, when you have people putting you down and saying you shouldn't be MVP and, you know, who does he think he is? He's only been in the league for whatever. And they're just blasting you. And it is easy to fall fall into. I want them to like me. I want the world to like me. This is a really great prayer. He says he prays all the time before every game. And I love what he says about, he prays for peace in the chaos because it is chaotic out there and he's learning how to cover himself in God's peace and have the Lord surround him with peace so he can function really. I mean, in my opinion, it'd be hard to function when you're constantly being talked about or lied about or blasted and even the good stuff too. It's just too much chaos. So for him to pray for peace and the chaos is wonderful. And he basically, he's basically a lot today. Psalm 20, 23 is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. And it's talking about the peacefulness of the waters and restoring your soul and guiding you on the path of righteousness. And I love verse four, where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It doesn't say though I stay in the valley. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley. So it means you are going to get to the other side. It says, for you are with me. And when it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That is a reference to Jesus as the good shepherd, where a staff is used when you're herding sheep and a rod is used too. So you kind of keep them in order with the rod and guide them. And the staff, you can grab them if they need to be grabbed. So that is comforting to know Jesus is guiding us on this path. And then it also says, even though I'm in the presence of my enemies, you have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows, certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. And my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. So whether football ends, you know, today, like if somebody gets hurt today in the Super Bowl, God forbid, but you know, if somebody got hurt really badly and their career's over, or they go on to play, hopefully, you know. 20 more years like Brock Purdy. Maybe he'll be the oldest one at that point playing and doing amazing things like Tom Brady. Whichever that is, it's so comforting to know that God has you. He has a plan for you. And there's no reason to fear because God is with you. And I just, if anybody knows Brock Purdy, his mom, his dad, his family. I know he grew up in Arizona. So if anybody knows him, I would love to have him talk about some of the nudges he's had in his life. So that's just a shout out. So if you have any connections, I would love to have him on because I think there's a humility that's in him that is unique and it's refreshing. So I'll be reading for the 49ers on Sunday and I hope you do too. And I hope that when you listen to this episode, you're looking it up because you're Googling Brock Purdy because he just won the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be great? So anyway, until next time, everybody, may the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs>